And good afternoon, good afternoon. I'm Len Tillum. I'm a lawyer. News Talk 910. You got legal problems. I've got legal answers. I'd love to hear from you. Here I am live. Call in the lawyer three to four, Monday to Friday. The number to call is 866-536-1000. You've got legal problems. Want to talk to a lawyer? Me? Free. You can't beat it. David Brown's doing research for me. We've got the answers. 866-536-1000. Just want to tell you tomorrow from 10 to noon, I'm going to take the show on the road. I'm going to be doing a seminar at the Napa Elks Lodge. That's tomorrow, Tuesday, February 26th. These are smaller seminars, maybe about 30 people. They're intimate. They're fun. Um, We'll talk about trusts and estates, Medi-Cal planning. Rosie McNichol will be there with me. Arden Kwan for Medi-Cal. Rosie on trusts. You learn a lot. We fool around. It's a very pleasant morning. If you're anywhere near Napa tomorrow and you've got time, by all means, join us. It's at the Napa Elks Lodge. That's tomorrow, Tuesday, 10 to 12. Let's start this show. Hey, Janice in San Francisco, Len Tillum. How come you're calling a lawyer, Janice? Hi, Len. Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, I'm calling regarding an irrevocable trust. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister and I are the trustees, and within the trust, there is a, a house, a property, that is half owned by my aunt, and the other half is essentially um, belonging to me and my sister. No, no, wait, uh, wait, wait, one second. Uh-huh. The half that belongs to you and your sister is in an irrevocable trust that your mother sent, set up, Right. Yeah, it's within the area of trust. Okay, and the half your aunt, your I guess your mother's sister owns, that's not in the irrevocable trust, is it? Uh, the other half that my aunt owns is not in the air. Right. I guess what happened was when your your grandparents, your your mother and your aunt's parents died, they left half to your mother and half to your your aunt, right? Uh, actually, they bought the property. Never mind. Okay, they bought it together, and your mother, before she died, put her half in an irrevocable trust with you and your sister. And you're the trustee. You and your sister are the managers. Who's the beneficiaries? Who gets the property? Sorry, let me correct myself. My aunt is actually the trustee. Oh, she's the trustee of the trust, and you and your sister are the beneficiaries? Yes, we are the beneficiaries. And when... Does the trust give the property, that half the property, outright to you and your sister? Uh, when we reach the age of 25. How old is your sister? Uh, my sister is 27, uh-huh. and I am going to turn 25 in May this year. May what? May 30th. So you're a Gemini. Me too. Okay. So May 30th, you will get your half with your sister outright, right? Yes. Okay. So now I understand. We understand what's going on. Why are you calling me? What's the problem? Yeah, so the question is, my aunt would like to refinance the house, but the bank will not uh, allow her to because the other half is within the irrevocable trust. And so we're just wondering, is there any way to temporarily remove the irrevocable trust? When you say irrevocable, what does it say? Your aunt is in charge of it and the property gets rented out? I'm, I'm guessing. And somehow you and your sister get the rents, but when you turn 25... May 30th, you and your sister get the half outright, something like that? Yes. Okay. Well, the problem is that banks don't like to lend to trusts. They don't want to lend to a trust. They like to lend to an individual. They don't want to read a 30-page trust, and if the trust is irrevocable, they don't know what's in it. So one solution is wait until the end of May, because at that time, you and your sister can take the home out of the trust. And then you, your sister, and your mother can get a loan. That might be easier. May 30th is not that far away, you know. Is that a po- 
would it be a terrible hardship if you waited till you turned 25? Yeah, I think the concern was just that the interest rates would go up, and so we wanted to refinance as soon as possible. Well, you have to look at the trust. Your mother's trust document may give your aunt, the trustee, the power to hold the trust assets within their own names as nominees. Basically, the idea is you could take the home out of the trust, go get the loan, and then put the home back into the trust. But I wouldn't be so fast to do this. Your aunt is the trustee. What if she goes gets a loan on it? Will she give you and your sister your half or your – will they give it to you? And, and then who's going to pay the mortgage? Who gets all the money you borrow together? I, I mean, what if your sister, your aunt doesn't give you the money? I'm not too concerned about that because my aunt is pretty much our second mom at this point. Okay, well then you have to look at the trust and see if the trust permits your aunt to take the money out as nominee. You follow me on that? And then she can put it in her name. Otherwise, you have to look. I'd have to read the trust or somebody has to read the trust. And then you'd have to show it to the bank and and to the title company and you'll say, well... I can be the nominee. Will that work? And they still may say no. Banks are very skittish about lending money to trusts. We do a lot of trusts, revocable trusts. And the bank often doesn't want to read the trust, so they have the people who run the trust take it out, give it to themselves, take out the loan, and then they put it back in the trust. That's not complicated. It's just with an irrevocable trust, it gets even more difficult. So I'm not sure even if your aunt can be the nominee, the bank will do it. But you've got to look at the trust and see what's there, okay? Okay. Otherwise, I don't think rates are going to go up that much by, by May 30th. So you'll be okay. Okay. Good luck Great. to you. Thank you. 866-536-1000. Lisa in Kentfield. Len, tell him, Lisa, how come you're calling a lawyer? Thank you for taking my call. I listen to you all the time while I'm walking my beast. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> so thank you very much. You're welcome. The reason I'm calling is that in 2009, I purchased um, a new uh, 535i BMW. Nice and car. Well, <laughs> okay. I, I mean, it sounds like you're having a lot of problems with it. <laughs> yeah, there's been, I think, yes, there have been a lot of problems. Um, one that almost killed us. Um, the second time we, <laughs> if it had happened 10 minutes earlier, it would have killed, would have almost. What happened? Again. Um, there's, there's been fuel pump issues with the car, and uh, there's actually even been a recall. Uh, but before the recall, when the car was just, um, uh, had just a few thousand miles on it, just a few months old, uh, the fuel pump failed while I was driving down 101 at 75 miles an hour. And, uh, you mean you're driving your BMW, which must have cost 50 grand, right? Uh, More? Keep going. 75? <laughs> I don't even know. 75? No, it's 60,000. 60 grand for a BMW, and it's brand new, a few thousand miles, and what, the fuel pump goes out? It just dies like that, right? It just dies, and when the fuel pump dies, everything dies. I mean, you, you lose control of the car. Everything the power steering and everything. Everything. The so, brakes. Every, everything. Ugh. I mean, I, I just got very lucky and was able to navigate over to um, the left-hand shoulder. I, I have a solution. So, if that, You should travel with clean underwear, because if that happens again, you know... <laughs> You're going to need it. Yes, 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 I, I think so. Well, the and I became one of those people that had the CHP closing down 101 to push me off the side oh my. of the road. All right, you didn't get a ticket, though, did you? Oh, no, 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 no. They they stopped because they said, you can't, you know, this is really dangerous. 
dangerous. And right. next time somebody asks you if you're in a dangerous situation, the answer is yes. Yes. Thank God for the CHP. Okay. Yes. So that you have a 2009 car. How many miles on it now? 21,000 miles. And within the first few months, the fuel pump gave out twice, and BMW... No, no, the fuel pump gave out once. Yeah. Um, then there was a recall, and um, which, because my fuel pump had already been replaced, I didn't, you know, I assumed that now they were catching up to realizing the fuel pump was a problem. Um, since that time, I, I think that they, they have, when looking at the repair invoices, they have replaced fuel injection things. Um, so there's still continued to be fuel pump issues. And then a couple of weeks ago, the reason why this has come to a head is that a couple of weeks ago we drove to San Francisco and um, came out of, uh, out of a deli on our way to the theater and it happened again. Um, I had no power. It was uh, engine malfunction. And were you on the freeway again? Were you on 101? No, no. Ten minutes earlier I would have been on the Golden Gate Bridge. Okay. Yes, thank goodness. So, Yes, yes. So we got, so I had the car towed, asked the uh, driver how much it would take for the car not to make it back to the dealership. Right, wait, wait, wait a second, wait a second. Wait, 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 wait. Let me ask you a question. Is the car still under warranty? Did BMW... Yeah, it is. Okay, it is. so they're going to give you a new fuel pump and fix it and say, lady, don't worry, it'll never happen again. Uh, yeah, they, they, well, actually, in all fairness, um, the dealership um, said to me, um, they actually were great. They've replaced it again, and they said to me, and, and it went up their chain of command unsolicited. They yeah. say, different people called me and said, are you saying that you don't feel safe in the car? And I said, no, I don't feel safe in the car. I don't blame you. Yeah, really. <laughs> so they recommended I call BMW USA, which I did. And I went through the chain of command at BMW USA. I got news for you. They ain't giving you a new car, and they're not buying yours back. Guaranteed, they're right? They're not buying mine back. What they said is they would give me um, two months of payments um, for my trouble and a new battery, because I'm also having electrical issues that when the if battery... they Look, that's the best you're going to get from them. Look. Your, are you calling to ask, is your car a lemon? Yeah, I am. No, let me explain. You, um, you have problems, um, uh, and, and but here's the story. To be a lemon, the car has to have been in the shop for at least 30 days, or the car has to have the same problem three times, and and it has to happen in the first 18 months and 18,000 miles. You've had your car almost three and a half years, and probably you got 20,000 miles, 21, so... Um, you, they're not going to buy your car back. And if they'll give you, you know, two months free payments, ask for six, get a free battery and take it. That's all. You're not going to get it. Um, um, it just, you could sue them and claim it's a lemon, but you'd have to convince a judge or an arbitrator you made a reasonable attempt to fix it within the warrant. <laughs> Look, I would, call, here's what I would do. Call up BMW uh -huh. or that boss and bargain with them. Okay, who offered you two free payments? BMW USA? Yeah, the... Um, Call up BMW USA. Uh -huh. You know, I, I bought this expensive car. I've got all of these problems. I, 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 the blue book on this is it. I'd like you to buy it back or give me credit towards another BMW. And they'll say no, and then try and get six months free payments out of them. Okay. You can bargain, but say, I'm going to... Even though it's not a statutory lemon, I spoke to a lawyer, and we can take you to court. I wouldn't take you to court because it'll cost you more with lawyers. It'll cost you another twenty grand. So, um, 
see what's going on. And you might ask BMW if they have an approved arbitration program with the DMV. If some, some of them set up arbitration programs with the DMV, let them sound like you know what you're talking about, an arbitration program with the DMV. You're going to sue them. It's a lemon. And, and see what they say and then squeeze six months payments out of them. And then turn around and sell the car. Here's a question. Do you have to disclose this to the next buyer? Well, I mean, that's that. Well, here's my next. I did have another question as related to that. Um, can I ask another question? Sure. Okay. Um, under the heading of there's just bad karma associated with this car. I would disclose. I would say, look, this car has no, no, been fixed. No, no, that's not my question. Um, last August, while driving down 37 on heading up to your neck of the woods, um, as you know, on 37, traffic has a way of going from 65 down to a stop. Yeah. And, again, I'm an experienced driver. I, I saw them stopping. I stopped my car. I'm sitting there. And then I get plowed into not once but twice. Oh, my God. <laughs> How badly were you hurt? Oh, no, we weren't hurt at all. I mean, I and even my dog, which is, who was in the back seat, wasn't even airborne. Um, the car was, we had about fourteen, fifteen thousand $15,000 worth of damage. Um, the other, the young girl that was driving, uh, you know, her car was totaled. Um, right, but you, her insurance company paid to fix your car. Yeah, it did. Okay, it did. so what's the question? What's the karma my question? question? Is, my question is... Um, I mean, I think that this car is basically worthless to anybody, but, you know, between the problems with the fuel pump and the problems and the fact, I mean, the car now looks perfect, but the fact that it was in a rear-end collision, uh, I mean, this car is basically worthless. So it's, I'm wondering if I also have the option of going after the, the, the insurance company or, the, I guess, the, the kid that before any of this else happened, well... No, no, wait, 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 listen to me. The kid's uh -huh. insurance company paid to fix the BMW, right? Right. Okay. No, you have no more case there. You signed a release. You weren't hurt, thank God. The I didn't sign anything. Anyway, the car protected you, though. The car was fixed, so it wasn't totaled. So if you sell the car, you're going to say, and it's on Equifax, too, or Carfax, whatever it's called, Carfax. Say, look, right. it was in an accident. It's been repaired. They do good jobs repairing it now. You can't sue for diminished value. There's no oh, such you thing. Can't. No, you can't. Okay. you can't sue for diminished okay. value. But if you're going to sell it, you know, or you're going to, you like the BMW, maybe you just, you know, all cars have some kind of bad ones once in a while. It doesn't mean, B if you like BMW, see if they'll give you a deal on a trade-in. That's what you should do. Okay. All right? Okay. Good luck right. to you. Well, thank you. Yes, but really, when you sell a car, disclose all that stuff. That's the karma. Stick around. We have lots more. This guy couldn't see his girlfriend on Valentine's Day because he was caught in, with marijuana in Texas. What a Valentine's gift. We got stories. You got stories. 866-536-1000. Len Tillum, News Talk 910. Len Tillum, News Talk 910. I'm a lawyer. I've got open lines. 866 Five three six one thousand. Roger in Oakland, Len Tillum. How come you're calling a lawyer? All right, so let me go ahead and explain quickly exactly what happened. So I'm doing a cross country road trip to go visit my girlfriend for Valentine's Day, and I get pulled over in West Texas by a state trooper. He pulls me over initially for speeding and you know runs my license and all that but he has me get in his car while he does all that which i thought was kind of you know strange and while he's in the car with me he's looking at me directly in my eyes and he's asking me if there's anything in the car that he should know about and of course i respond no and he says well do you have any marijuana in the car and i said no 
and he said, "Well, I think I smell marijuana. I'm going to search your car." When did you have did you have marijuana in the car? I, I had three. He found three grams of marijuana, which is enough to roll like four joints under my seat. But that's not the point, man. I mean, wait, 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 wait. Let me ask you a question. I, I understand. And by the way, three grams is just over a tenth of an ounce, and that's a hundred dollar ticket in California. It's not even a misdemeanor. It's a $100 ticket, an infraction, like a speeding ticket. If you don't have a medicinal pot card, and if you got a pot card, they say, here's your pot, carry on. But this, this yeah, well, is Texas. I got, I got handcuffed. I, got yeah, handcuffed. I know. Wait a second. While you're driving cross-country, a lot of people think it's very pleasant to drive stoned. Were you, did you smoke a joint an hour before the cop pulled you over? Don't BS had, me. I, it, it was 9 a.m. I hadn't smoked yet that day at all. And I so you didn't high. smell like pot. No, the car didn't smell like pot at all. In fact, I burn sage in my car every day. So, if anything, that's what he probably smelled. But Sa- wait a minute, do you have? Do you have? Do you have? To a, to a Texas cop, do you look like a California drug hippie? You know, you got long hair. I have dreads. You have dreads. You're white or black? I'm black. Oh, driving while black in Texas—that's a felony. You know, really? Okay. So, and the sage. So, okay. So, what's your story, Roger? What are you telling me? I showed him the sage, too, and he didn't even know what that was. And he started inspecting that like that was something. And then, you know, he, he set me on the side or whatever and started looking in my car for 45 minutes, finally found it and said, is this yours? You know, I, at that point, I declined to say anything, you know. And then he handcuffs me, and I'm thinking to myself, dude, it's Valentine's Day. I'm like an hour and a half away from seeing my girlfriend in Dallas. We're, gonna, we're supposed to have dinner. I mean, can you please have a heart? And he said, I'm enforcing the law. So he takes me downtown to the jail or whatever, and everyone else in the jail, Lynn, was from Colorado and California. And we all got busted. For, we got pulled over for speeding. Never got speeding tickets, but we all got cited for having marijuana. There's it's a moneymaker. You were probably wearing some little town in Texas? Oh, it was a very small town called Clay County, population of like 625. And it was a I mean, Clay... Wait, 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 wait. Roger, it was a Clay County sheriff, not like the Texas Highway Patrol that stopped you, right? Uh, yeah, it, it, I don't know. He took yeah, you're a source of income. It's it's like a growth industry in that freaking Texas. I yeah. know, but, Lynn, but, but uh, it, as funny as it is or whatever, and it might be for income, this goes on our records, and like it's going to affect our future employment at all. So it's like... Let, let's go through it. it. Let's go through it. Okay. Let's go through it. Okay. It wouldn't have... You were in Texas. The cops stopped you. That was legal. You were speeding. The officer. I was in cruise control, man. I was in cruise control. Wait, 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 wait. Everything. Roger, listen to me. Sorry. Listen to me. Listen to me. I'm, I'm trying to really help you here. I'm giving you the law of the land. You were in Texas. You're a black guy with dreads from California. Like, it's a lot of strikes against you. And the officer, he's going to lie. If he lies about smelling pot or he lies about your speeding, who will the judge or jury, jury believe? A black guy from California? Or the judge, who's probably a second cousin to the cop, who's he going to believe? Who's the jury going to believe? The good old boy or you? So you were stopped. The cop, under a case called Terry v. Ohio, constitutional law, these are a series of constitutional cases that start with Terry v. Ohio, has the right to search your vehicle because of the traffic stop. He's going to say he smelled the pot even if he's lying. And the sage, that was kind of dumb. Because sage to a cop is, co- you know, is pot. So... Yeah. So here's what's going on. In Texas, you could get up to 180 days in jail and two grand, 2,000 fine for two ounces or less than pot. Here's the good news. You have no prior felony convictions, right? Yeah. The judge must give you probation 
and a drug treatment program as long as it was less than one pound. The, but drug treatment for what? I mean, I smoke a joint to relax, and I kind of... I got it. What, what are you arguing with me for? What do I, you know, every other person I know smokes pot. I go to parties and people are smoking pot out in the open. It's no big deal. I'm not shocked. I'm not condemning it. I'm just telling you what's so. You got it? Texas is not California. Right. So what about the fact that What about the fact that none of us got the ticket for what we were initially pulled over for? Isn't Does, that principal evidence that like no? They're, they're Abs- how old are you? How old are you? Twenty nine. Twenty nine. Can you afford to get a lawyer down there? If yeah, you got, I can. If you got a lawyer down there, a, a criminal lawyer in that town, you may be able to get diversion or something where they'll just dismiss it if you don't get arrested, and then it won't be Wait, on your record. Exactly. Diversion is where that. if you're a good boy. And, you know, I don't know how they're going to get you to pee in a bottle if you're in California, you know, and they're in Texas. But if you're a good boy and you don't get arrested, they'll give you a, they'll say, OK, if you're a good boy for six months and you don't get arrested for anything anywhere, which is not going to happen to you anyway, we'll drop the case. But you're going to need a lawyer in that area in Texas to help you do that or else it, it's a nightmare or else you have to go back for a public defender. Well, and, so what do I do when I get the letter in the mail and have to appear? Because I'm going to have to appear. You have to call what you have to do. Yes. Yes, you signed something saying I would appear. I would get on the internet and try and find a lawyer who, preferably young, and, and you know, even a woman of color would be good. Don't get a 45 year old good old boy who's going to rip you off and charge you 10 grand. See if you can get somebody there who you can relate to. Look at their ads. You know, I had to help a friend. I was thinking about that. If I have another, if I have like a, a black woman or a black man or whatever, wouldn't that kind of would that kind of be a deterrent to them? Uh, I, I really have no idea. I don't think so. I think it, it, they're elevated enough that I just think you're going to find a person with more soul and heart who won't try to rip you off if you get a younger person than if you do some 45-year-old white guy in Texas. You know, yeah. they, they see you as, a, as a, just a cash machine. They see you, those old, good old guys, they see you just the same as the cop sees you. Uh, you know, and but you're I an said, ATM. Don't they know that this goes on our records that, like, it'll hinder us from, like... Do they give an SHI blank blank? Do you know what I mean? You know what SHI blank blank is? They don't give one of those. Do they care? You know, they're enforcing... You know, they're going to go out and get drunk and do whatever they do, but you can't smoke pot. It's Texas. Look who they elect to the Senate and the Congress. It's Texas. They gave us the Bushes. What are you talking about? Yeah. There you go. What did so you? What should I do? You you should call a lawyer in that area and see if you can find one. How much they will charge to represent you? Say it's not going to go to trial, and you want to ask, can you get diversion? Diversion. So, go so, scroll so if, through. If they, if, they, if they won't excuse it, I have to go to trial because I'm not. I can't have this. You will lose a trial, schmuck. Do you get it? You will lose a trial. You ain't going to win. So you tell me I'm screwed. I'm telling you there are ways out of this. It's not the end of the world. You've got to hire a lawyer and, and pay some lawyer money to a lawyer. Do that before you panic. What is your career that you're so afraid of? What do you do? You want to be a cop? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a wedding photographer, but I'm also like in, in a paramedic program right now, and I'll be done with that in six months. And I'm not going to be able to get hired as a medic if I have this on my record because it's just going to say it's a drug offense. You know, It's not going to say marijuana. Yeah, it will say, listen, it's not the end of the world in California. But go find a lawyer. Go on the Internet. Find, look at criminal lawyers in that town or the county. You don't want to drive 200 miles. You want to find a lawyer who's in that town so they know what the courthouse is. They know the judge and the DA. And you say, look, I, I, I'm a paramedic. I had a little bit of pot. It's not even a crime in California. Don't go talking about what a, what a dope the cop was. You know, just can we get out of it? Can I get diversion? Is there a program where if I'm a good guy for a while, the 
the conviction, the not the conviction, the arrest will be dismissed. So am I going to have to pee in a bottle if I'm all the way in California? Do I? I don't know. On one hand, you don't want to pee in a bottle. On the other hand, you want to become a, a paramedic or something. You can't have it all, Roger. You got screwed. Stop blaming Texas. You know, you got, you were dumb enough to have pot in Texas. Go look in the internet. Go find some lawyers and call me back. I'll hold your hand. I'm sorry this happened to you, but that's the way it's going. Got it? All right. Thank you. Please call me back. Len Tillum, News Talk 910. Stick around. We got lots more. Now I'm back for good. Len Tillum, News Talk 910. You got legal problems. I'm here till four. Call it in. 866-536-1000. Dave in Concord. Len Tillum, Dave. How come you're calling a lawyer? Uh, Yes, I have a friend. She's uh, 22. And on Friday night after drinking, she decided to go to the store to buy some cigarettes. Uh, On the trip there, she goes over the curb, blows out a tire of her car. She pulls off the road and parks, flags down a car for help, and it's a cop. She asked the cop to call her boyfriend to come and get her. The cop calls the boyfriend, tells him to come on over. But the boyfriend doesn't have a car, so he's got to try and get a ride. She makes the cop promise to come back and check on her. He goes off to answer another call. She, she did tell him she was driving the car. She did not she tell him? Back. Wait a minute. No, she, no, she did. She, she, told what, she said she'd been driving. And went yeah, over yeah, 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 of course. She's standing there. Co- yeah, okay, go on. So he comes back, and immediately upon returning, he arrests her for DUI. I mean, he tests her blood alcohol and all that, and it's double the legal limit. How old was so she? I, Is she? 22. Young and dumb. Young and yeah. dumb. To say to a cop when you've been drinking, come on back and check on me. The cop probably knew she was drunk right away, gave her another chance. He was busy. And then she said, come back. She should have left the car legally parked. You know what I mean? Just left it there and taken a cab or walked home herself. But what'd she blow when the cop had a blow on the mach- breathalyzer? Uh, it was twice the legal limit. 0.16. There she... Okay, so how come you're calling me? I am wondering if you can work your magic and save her from a DUI. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? If I was the second coming of the Lord, I couldn't do that. What are you, really? If people would bow down and touch my toes because I was such a holy, enlightened guy. Nobody can. She blew a point one six. You know, she testified she was driving. That's drunk. Remember Mothers Against Drunk Drivers? We had enough judges and DA's kids killed by drunks. Um, No, there's no magic. What she can hope for is, you know, like the standard disposition. And it's going to cost her about five to seven grand in penalties and insurance. You got it? And really, she loses her license for six months. You know, there's a six-month loss of your driver's license. It can be restricted. She's got to take that horrendous, you know, class for the drinking driver. Some of them are 12 hours. Some of them are 45 hours, depending on the county. Um, They got to spend two days in jail. Usually they can clean up cop cars. It's a nightmare. And there's no magic. She's not even going to get a deal. Double the legal limit. Forget it. It's useless. And she doesn't need a lawyer. Really? Gotcha. Okay. Uh, what does she do for a living? Uh, a waitress, I believe. If she doesn't make a lot of money, she can ask for a public defender. But if she goes to court and the judge, she says, can I have the standard disposition? And the judge says, yeah, and, and they get the standard, and that's it. That's what she's getting. Although there's no magic here with a point one six. 
right? That's what I was thinking. Yep. Okay, thank you very much. You're welcome. The magic is, if you've been drinking, and I'm telling you three glasses of wine, and you weigh 125 pounds, or three glasses of wine over a few hours, you could be over. Take a cab. You're so dumb out there. You know it. By the way, tomorrow, let me remind you this again. Tomorrow, I'm doing an estate planning asset preservation seminar in Napa at the Napa Elks Lodge. Small groups. It's from 10 to 12 in the morning. I'm going to be at the Napa Elks Lodge Tuesday, February 26th, 10 to 12. By all means, join us. You don't need a reservation. We'd love to see you there. Tomorrow morning, 10 o'clock. If you're anywhere near Napa, join us. You'll have a good time. Brian, Len Tillum. How come you're calling a lawyer, Brian? Oh, good to talk to you, Len. I'm calling you because um, in March of '09, um, we had a we've been living in a house for about ten years, uh, renting it, and it burned to the ground, um, and ended up being the fault of some bad wiring in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And so, anyway, after a few months, we ended up consulting with a lawyer, and he took the case, and like on a contingency. And so anyway, what happened is it took forever to get any answers out of it. We ended up doing a settlement with the homeowner's insurance company. Mm-hmm. For how much? The, um, right around 20000 And you signed papers saying, I'm settling, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we did that with our So what, what is your question? What's your question? What's your questions to me? Well, the lawyer kept out some money for the ambulance bills and the uh, hospital bills. Yeah. But, and he never paid it. He um, kept that money? So when we, yeah, a, lawyer, we, a lawyer can get disbarred for that. A lawyer right. can... Yeah, interestingly, interestingly enough, that's what we found out had happened. Wait, wait a minute, uh, wait a minute. It, you, did you give David this lawyer's name? No. Uh, wait, wait, David. How did you... Did you get the lawyer's name from the client, from the guy on the phone? No, okay. So, uh, how do you know the guy was disbarred if you didn't get the lawyer's name, David? Wait, wait, wait a minute. Um, uh, something's going on here. I'm a little bit confused. Okay. Oh, you told David the lawyer was disbarred, right? Yes. I got we it. Out, we found out from the collections agency that he had done this to several other people. And he was disbarred before your case even was settled? Yeah, almost a year. Well, I would. Uh, this is a. If that's a. That could be a misdemeanor, maybe even a felony. I would call the state bar, because the money he held to pay off what Kaiser wants money for medical treatment, right? Right. Well, I eventually. I, I. I found the guy. I went over to his house, and I showed him the small claims court packet that I picked up at the courthouse. Yeah. And he begged me not to sue him. And Did he, he give you any money? Did he give you any money? He didn't. No, but he did pay. Um, he somehow negotiated with Kaiser and paid less than. than um, so it's all taken care of, right? The Kaiser part is, yeah. And he, he promised to give us back some more money out of his attorney's fees. And he never did. Um, but he never did. And then we found out from the collections from Kaiser that he'd been this part almost a year before we settled. So you have to call the California bar. Uh, it's calbar, C-A-L-B-A-R dot C-A dot gov, and let them know he's practicing law without a license. He was for you. I would also complain to the district attorney's office 
He should be prosecuted yeah. for practicing law without a license. But as to suing him, the guy doesn't have anything. He's a disbarred lawyer. Report him to the CalBar, calbar.ca.gov, and also to the DA. That's about it, Brian. I'm sorry this happened to you. Len Tillum, News Talk 910. Len Tillum, News Talk 910. I'm a lawyer. Martin in Pacifica. How come you're calling a lawyer, Martin? Hi, Len. I got a problem with the neighbor. I have a huge yard. It goes up a steep hill. There's a bunch of trees on it. You can't even see the fence on the back of the yard. I've got it all fenced in to keep deer out because we've got a lot of garden stuff. Mm-hmm. So one day, me and my wife noticed these deer in our yard eating up all our stuff. So mm-hmm. we're like, how did this happen? We start walking up the hill, and we see our back fence has been smashed down. And we see the neighbor next to it, his fence has been smashed down, too. So it's pretty easy to deduce a tree fell from his yard and crushed both fences. So we go looking for the house. We find the guy. He goes, oh, it's probably my next-door neighbor. He pulled a big tree out last week. So we knock on the guy's door. He doesn't answer. So I leave a note. They respond with a note and say, well, yeah, um, our, our tree, uh, we already pulled the tree away, and uh, your share is 400 bucks, our share is 400 bucks, here is an estimate. Since we're so nice, we'll pay 100 bucks, and you just pay three. No, wait, 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 wait. It's not your tree, right? It's their tree from their yard. Okay, so you're not responsible at all for his pulling the tree away or hiring people. You follow me that? He's responsible for that. It's his tree. The question becomes better, does he have to pay to fix your fence? That's where you may get some bucks from him. That's the issue. It's his tree, and you say, look, it's your tree. I'm not paying for it. So the problem is it's not just a slam dunk because his tree crushed your fence. you got to prove negligence. you got to prove he was careless, like if there's a giant storm and the tree was healthy and a giant storm blows the tree over on your fence, there was nothing he could do to prevent that. You know what I mean? You'd have to prove that the neighbor didn't act reasonably. Um, and should he have known that this tree was um, rotten or would fall over? You know, and it's, it sounds like you got a big piece of property. It's not reasonable to expect him to um, trim and maintain all those trees. You know, what has he got, about 50 or 100 trees over there? Well, he only had one big tree. He has a small yard. I have a big yard. Okay. So his was that tree on his fence. Was that tree obviously, you know, defective or rotted out or it looked like a healthy tree? Or you don't know? I have no way of knowing. Yeah, here's my advice to you. Don't pay him any money. He's one of those cheap dogs. He'll never give you any money. And don't sue him because you'd have to hire an arborist and it's too late. How much is it going to cost? It's going to cost you about 100 bucks to fix your fence, right? No, more like 400 bucks. Fix it. You don't need trouble with him. You know, he's not going to pay it. But don't pay his stuff. How come it's so expensive to fix a fence? You got to hike up a huge hill. He knocked out about 20 feet of a chain link fence that's right. about five and a half, six feet high. Right. All right. All right. So you're, you're going to have to get it done. And maybe maybe a home. Ugh, forget about your homeowners, too. Pay for it yourself. if you, you can afford it, right? Yeah. Pay for it yourself. Don't fight with your neighbor. You know, you might say to him, here's what you might do. You might turn the tables on him. You might say, look, it's your tree. I'm not responsible for it. But your tree wrecked my fence, and you're responsible for that. And see if he offers you some money. You got it? Yeah, I got it. I no, doubt if he will. He's not going to pay me any money. He's not going to pay you any money. I thought it was a slam dunk. His tree from his yard hits my property. Not a slam dunk. Not a slam dunk unless you can prove negligence or he was careless. Got it? No. Got it. Okay. You're welcome. Sometimes you get some answers like that and you don't make yourself crazy. It's not a win.